It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Locked On Packers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Our rookie orientation series with Kamel Martin is today. Thor Nystrom from Roto World is on the show to talk about Kamel, and he's the perfect person to do that because he is a Minnesotan, a Gopher fan, and an NFL draft guy. So he has all of the bases covered in this situation. So We'll get into that and and more about you know the Packers draft as a whole from him. I think it's important to get a lot of different uh, opinions on all of this stuff because the NFL draft is a little bit of a crapshoot, and that means that there are differing evaluations. You want to hear the good, you want to hear the bad, and you want to hear the in between. So it's good to get a diversity of voices in that conversation. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk to you about something that I don't think we on this show have talked about enough, and obviously that is on me. Lost in all of the discussion around Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love is the fact that the 2020 Green Bay Packers could be better than the 2019 Green Bay Packers at the things they were the best at last year. And you can make the case that it was, in fact, the pass rush, and by extension, the passing defense, along with the running game that made the difference, that elevated the Packers in 2019. Now, a couple Rodgers vintage moments, obviously his performance against Oakland was the differentiating factor. His performance in the fourth quarter of both Lions games absolutely made the difference in those contests. He made some plays late against Seattle, for example. And that's the difference in this case between a 13-3 and team and a 10-6 and team. 
Aaron Rodgers still a huge part of this team. And for the Packers to get to where they want to get to in 2020, for them to be a Super Bowl contender, Aaron Rodgers has to be, at the very least, selectively great. He has to be late career Tom Brady. He has to be great in the fourth quarter of big games that put the Packers in a position to win a game here, a game there that maybe they didn't deserve to win. But the things the Packers were best at last year, rush the passer, run the ball. Aaron Jones was one of the best offensive players full stop in football last year. The Packers were fourth in rush offense DVOA, so adjusting for schedule. They were 11th in passing. Their efficiency in Matt LaFleur's outside zone running game, and specifically Aaron Jones, was the main factor that bolstered this offense into a top 10 unit, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers and this passing game was not what we were used to seeing. They could be better in 2020. You add A.J. Dillon, the hammer back. Last year, the Packers were 27th in power running, according to Football Outsiders. That's third and fourth and short, or goal line and short. 27th in conversions. Well, A.J. Dillon was one of the best power runners in college football over the last few seasons. In fact, last year against loaded boxes, he had more yards after contact than any other running back had full stop against loaded boxes. Now, it's not always ideal to run against loaded boxes, but it speaks to his ability to create when there's not much there. His power, his strength as a hammer back is very useful to the Packers who have struggled on third and fourth and short for years. We can think of numerous examples of failings on short yardage situations by the goal line against the Rams a few seasons ago, fourth down against the 49ers. We could go on and on with those examples. Aaron Jones is really good, and Jamal Williams is a useful player, someone who was more versatile last year than we realized he could be. He is working a lot in the offseason on improving his ability to be a factor in the passing game, but A.J. Dillon makes the run game better. So, too, does adding Josiah DeGuara who is an exceptional blocker for someone who can also do what he can do in the passing game. He is a guy who can be that wide tight end, that split out tight end, who can also be an H-back, a fullback, an inline tight end, and play a little bit of everywhere. Jay Sternberger, likely in year two, going to be a more reliable blocker than Jimmy Graham was last year. This run game will be better, and it was already one of the best groups in the league last year. So the thing that led the offense, the best thing about the offense, could be better in 2020. And then on defense, I think it's easy to forget because of how the season ended that the Packers were a top 10 passing defense by DVOA last year. They were also an elite team creating pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Third, according to Sports Info and Solutions, and fourth, according to Pro Football Focus. Pressure's a little bit of a soft statistic in that it is subjective. But Zadarius Smith led the league in pressures. Sacks created a bunch of pass rushing numbers. He had a ridiculous 18% pressure rate. 
He's going to be an enormous factor in 2020. Kenny Clark was the best interior pass rusher in football last year, not named Aaron Donald. Okay, so you have that group. Now you're going to replace Kyler Fackrell's snaps with Rashawn Gary's snaps. In year two, you can expect him to play a little bit more inside, some outside, freeze Darius Smith up to be that full-time rover. Just being able to put Gary on the field and allows Darius to play a little bit of everywhere should make this pass rush better. You're giving Gary someone who has incredible physical tools. Whether or not he's a good player yet, we don't know. But if you trust your coaching staff and you trust his development, all of the the work that he's put in in the offseason, he looks leaner, he looks quicker, twitchier. He has a chance to break out this season, someone who's going to get a lot more work and someone who Mike Patton said is going to be a big part of this defense in 2020. If he is good, if he develops, this is the internal development that we talk about. The Packers have a chance to be even better at a thing that they were great at last year, a thing that carried their team for stretches last year. So while Aaron Rodgers and the passing game is going to get all the headlines, especially because the Packers didn't take a receiver in the draft, they took Jordan Love. So now we have to have all of those discussions about Love and Rodgers, and we have to talk about Love versus a receiver and what they could still do at receiver and all this other stuff with the passing game. Well, All of that, and they were a top 10 offense last year. All of that, and they won 13 games last year. The thing that we seem to be forgetting is that it wasn't the passing game and the receivers and the explosive offense through the air that carried the Packers last year. It was a weird experience for a lot of Packer fans. This this so-called winning ugly They were used to winning pretty. If they won, it was only because Aaron Rodgers was magnificent. They can win games without him doing that now. And it's weird. And so the the goal for them is to try and fix that. Okay, how do we fix that problem with Aaron Rodgers when the Packers looked at it and said, how do we take a strength and build on it? And I think they, they also viewed the, the role of Dylan and DeGuara, and certainly they signed Devin Funches to aid in the passing game. I don't think they're just throwing that out. But it certainly is a coherent solution or a coherent plan to say, okay, the run game was really good last year. What if it was better? And if it was better, What if there were players who could make both the run game and the pass game better and allow the team to play a style that is more cohesive with the coach's vision for the offense? We've lost this part of the discussion. We've lost the fact that Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, but mostly Aaron Jones, carried this offense last year. When he got the ball, this offense was outstanding. And when Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark were making plays last year, by extension, Jair Alexander, like I said, a top 10 passing defense, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, those guys can get better. Kevin King can get better. He can play all those games again. Maybe you get some some added development from guys like Kingsley Kiki. Darnell Savage takes that step forward. Adrian Amos in year two of Mike Patton's defense takes a step forward. And now not only is the pass rush elite, but the coverage is as well. 
And if you have a really good defense and a really good run game, your quarterback doesn't have to be nearly as good. Now, you still want him to be good. You need basically historic defense in order to to win without your quarterback. The Packers don't have to do that. And I think it is a disservice to guys like Aaron Jones that we've spent the offseason talking about his free agency in 2021 and not what an enormous factor he is going to be in this plan in 2020. And you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not already trying the best tasting protein bar ever. That's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 incredible flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are remarkably soft and easy to chew, unlike so many of the, the gross health food bars that are out there. If you're a hiker or you work out, they have these bars that it's like a brick, and it just sits in your stomach. They don't taste good. It's not what you want to eat. If you want to eat something that is delicious and good for you, Built Bar is that thing. We're talking about low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber opportunities for your body. 20 grams of protein, 15 grams of protein, depending on the bar, and under 200 calories, 3, 4 grams of sugar, 3 net carbs, 4 net carbs, that kind of profile depending on the bar. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. And if you're looking to make an impact on more than just your waistline, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And text ALPL to 462769 to find out. That's 462769. All right, let's get to our rookie orientation series. Kamel Martin, the linebacker from Minnesota, the Packers' fifth-round pick. Remember, they didn't have a fourth-round pick, something that if you're mad about the Jordan Love pick, you are absolutely aware of. Check out Thor on Twitter at ThorKU. He writes for Roto World and NBC Sports. You can also check out his awesome UDFA rankings. He's ranking the UDFAs for every team, 1 through 32. Why are they important? How many can make the roster? We're talking serious deep dive stuff, and that is the perfect quarantine content right now. Thor, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. I uh, I do regret to inform our audience that that you are a Minnesotan and and therefore a Vikings fan, but that is great for our purposes today because we are talking about a Golden Gopher linebacker Kamal Martin, uh, a fifth round pick by the Green Bay Packers, and I don't know if you know this, Thor, not the the highest profile pick the Packers made in the 2020 draft. Yeah, he he sure wasn't. He sure wasn't. But I've had I've had plenty of exposure to him. That's for sure. Well, and that's why you're here, because 
Uh, one of the reasons why why Martin fell is is he had some injuries that kept him from producing at a level and playing at a level that uh, his talents hint that he is potentially capable of playing at. You are not only someone who follows Minnesota football, but someone who follows the draft professionally. That means that you are the perfect Venn diagram for this conversation. So just top line thoughts on the player when it comes to Kamal Martin, and we'll get to the fit and all that a little bit later. Yeah, you know, and and just, you know, jumping off of what you said, you know, this past season, missed a couple games, uh, you know, he had a September foot sprain, missed a couple games with that, uh, missed a couple games with an October knee injury. So the the senior season, you know, his his last opportunity to make his case for scouts, it really, you know, he had a, a sort of the injury monster sort of took a bite out of that. Uh, wasn't able to participate at the senior bowl, wasn't able to participate at the combine. So, you know, I mean, his, his process also had a, had a chunk taken out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. There's, there, there's some interesting, um, some interesting traits here. Um, you know, he's particularly in terms of, um, the length, you know, you, you talk about like a, a, a long kid, a kid who comes downhill and thumps you. Um, he's, he's a thunderous guy coming downhill, um, disciplined kid, physical, strong player in the box, very tough kid. Um, he competes, um, you know, guy who is very at home playing, you know, with, uh, Antoine Winfield, Carter Coughlin, stuff like that. I really like his form as a tackler. You know, he's a kid who comes in square. He'll wrap you up like with those really long arms, drive through you, um, stuff like that. Um, he knows how to use that length, you know, whether, whether it's as, um, you know, whether it's against the run, whether it's in coverage. And I, I think that that's one of his, uh, great strengths as, as a prospect using that frame. Um, you, you'll see like, you know, on tape, like when, um, you know, he's sort of in pursuit, um, you know, like, you know, going after the ball carrier or whatever, you'll see him splay out kind of like a cheetah, you know, like use, use that full sort of frame, see that link come into play. And then, you know, as a, in, in coverage, what we can talk about his limitations here in a second. So, you know, some, some of the athletic ones, you know, you, you talked a bit about like some of the sort of ancillary things that, that caused the drop, you know, durability being one, I think there might've been some character ones as well. There was, you know, suspension, 2018 bowl game, 2019 opener that, that might have played a bit of a part there. There's some athletic stuff there as well um, that we can talk about in a second. But um, one of the things that he does uh, really well in coverage using that length is uh, Minnesota used him in zone a lot, you know, and so you, you'd see him on film a lot, you know, just sort of sitting there in zone. And one thing he did really well um, using the instincts, just sitting there and he, he you know, reading the quarterback and and he'd use that length really well um deflecting balls getting the arms up stuff like that um he would be a factor as far as the passing windows go you know get, getting the arms up and deflecting balls so um yeah I, in in terms of that you know th- th- there's a lot of interesting stuff there to work with i think you mentioned the length uh 34 inch arms that may not mean much to the average listener, but that is in the 95th percentile for linebackers. That is big time length. And that's what we talk about when we talk about length. Cornerbacks is is a place where we we get this length discussion, uh, offensive tackles, pass rushers as well. But having a linebacker with that kind of length, to your point, in zone coverage, it can be a useful piece. He's in fact almost identical in terms of physical size to Corey Littleton. 
who was able to succeed in coverage despite a lack of elite athleticism. And that's what I want to ask you about next, because there are some mixed reports about his abilities to play in coverage. You know, you'll read one scouting report and, and that's the thing that, that they, they'll bring up. You know, Daniel Jeremiah on the broadcast talked about it. And then, you know, you'll read a scouting report from somewhere else that says, oh, you know, limited in coverage. So what was your viewpoint of his ability um, to play in coverage in college? And, and what do you think it can be in the NFL? Well, so this is my take on his athleticism, and I think that, that this is why there's sort of mixed reviews on that. I think that Kamal Martin is a good athlete, straight line. I, mm. I think that that's what it is, and, and I think that it takes him a couple steps to get there. I don't think he's necessarily explosive, but I think once he, he has a couple steps, then he becomes a good athlete. Um, I think where he struggles is changing directions. And like I said, I, I think he needs a couple steps to get there. But as far as like coverage, what what he's good at, you know, again, like you know, in in zone, he can he he has okay okay instincts there, but he uses the length really really well. In in you know, if he's going to be in man coverage in the NFL, he's going to get eaten alive. And so I I think that's what we need to keep him away from. Um, what you know, but in in zone coverage, I could mm -hmm. I could see him in you know in a in an area like that because you can hide his weaknesses there you can leverage his strengths you know specifically what what he's going to be good at in the nfl i i think you know we're going to be talking about special teams but specifically early downs filling gaps thumping against the run but when it's when it's going to be coming to coverage what you're going to be talking about is zone because that's where we can leverage the things that he's good at but i, I think when you're talking about discrepancies between perceptions of his athleticism and perceptions of his ability in coverage i think it all comes down to this i, I, I because it, it is that straight line athleticism thing and that manifests in you know in his ability uh to cover because i think you know maybe some people are seeing um, you know, maybe a couple of times he's getting caught in man coverage and he, and he's getting cooked. And then some other people are seeing him, um, you know, some of this film where he's in zone coverage and he looks quite good. I mean, because you, you'll see him. And, you know, one thing I want to say about Kamal Martin too, he has very good ball skills. You know, it, it, it's not just sitting in, uh, um, you know, zone where, you know, you'll see him just leap up, you know, sort of like a basketball player and he'll just swat it like Dikembe Mutombo. Um, you know, another thing is, is, is he has legitimate ball skills in, in high school coming out he was not a linebacker recruit he was actually an athlete recruit because he played both ways in high school um he, I, he was actually a quarterback you know as a quarterback and I, I think he played safety and linebacker in in uh, in high school so you know coming out you know he did a lot of different things in high school stuff like that mm -hmm. the ball skills he retains and and so like you know he can make plays on the ball everything like that um and and so you know you will see stuff like that it's just like you have to know what his limitations are you know and and so you just can't put him in in positions where he's on an island and in space with 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 superior athletes because that's where he is not going to acquit himself well and that's something that i talked a lot about in the pre-draft process the thing about the linebacker position for the packers is they don't ask their especially their inside linebackers to to cover in man blake martinez was rarely matched up one-on-one -on -one in man coverage with tight ends, with running backs. He would have to carry seams. He would have to play center zones and, and hook and curl zones, but rarely was he out there running with running backs man-to-man. -man. And I think that's something that, you know, when, when you or I are doing our evaluations, we're looking at this in a vacuum. And certainly, you know, from my standpoint, it's colored by 
the team that I follow and, and cover, and, and I'm sure you, you would admit to, to that sort of, you know, unconscious bias seeping in as well. But if you're if you're evaluating him for a team that does play a lot of zone coverage, it's going to be different than if you are the kind of team that's going to say, hey, we need you to go out there and, and run with Alvin Kamara or Travis Kelsey one-on-one to make our defense work. Oh, uh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if 100%. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, g- going to this point, too, I, I talk a lot about this is like, you know, when, when we do these rankings, you know, like I rank, I don't have I don't have an organization like I'm, I'm Thorne Eystrom, like inside of an apartment, like ranking, <laughs> you know, like, you know, just like a, a big board. I, I don't have team needs. I, I don't have an organization. I don't have a scheme. I don't have a defensive coordinator. Right. I don't have an offensive coordinator, you know, w- with a guy like for instance, Kamal Martin, he has very delineated strengths. He has very delineated weaknesses. And, and it's like, you're talking about, you know, the, the, the Packers, they, they, they're looking for these very specific things in their inside linebackers. And so they have very clearly identified Kamal Martin where, where they're saying his clearly delineated strengths are something that, you know, that we love and, and his, clearly delineated weaknesses we can work with that because that's stuff that we slough off because of our scheme you know it's, it's like for instance with the vikings you know where they got uh brian o'neill in the second or well brian o'neill a couple years ago in the second round but this year ezra cleveland and it's like you know a, a perfect uh scheme fit you know for for the the zone blocking scheme and it's like well why did he fall to the second round and it's because well the only team sitting dead red on a guy like ezra cleveland it would be a zone team that needed a tackle which, which obviously is you're talking about a much smaller percentage of the NFL, right? right? Because a, a team that's not a zone blocking team that doesn't need a tackle, they're not going to be looking at Ezra Cleveland as a top, you know, 45, 50 type prospect. And it's the same thing with Kamal Martin. You know, I mean, like the durability things, you know, if, if they saw any character thing. And then the, the other thing, as far as like the man coverage limitation, stuff like that, they're going to have them off the board. Whereas the Packers, you know, some of that stuff, you know, you know, specifically with the coverage stuff that's not going to be as big of an issue to them. And so I, I love the thing that you brought up about Martinez because Martinez got, I, you'll remember this, he got nitpicked to hell in his process um, for, for some of this different mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, like, like I just talked about with Martin, um, some of that, some of his, you know, weaknesses, whether real or perceived, get sloughed off because of the way that the Packers used him and they play up. And, you know, it's, it's like we're talking about with the evaluation stuff themselves. When Peter and I are doing this, we can't slough the weaknesses off when we're ranking the players because we have to do it within – we can't do it within this sort of vacuum thing where, where you know, we can just sort of eliminate the weaknesses because we have a scheme. We, we have to rank all of them as, as in this sort of holistic way as a sort of fully formed thing. So it's it, it's sort of a, a different thing, but I, I like the point you made. Yeah, so I, I want to finish up with this because you are as diligent and thorough as anyone out there when it comes to the bottom of the roster evaluation of these players. You are a maniac scouting undrafted free agents, and the Packers have two that I am really, really intrigued by, and, and it's unfortunate that they will not get a full offseason process to go through and try and make this team. But the the two guys that that I am fascinated with, I talked about them a little bit with Emery Hunt the other day. Uh, Stanford Samuels and Will Sunderland are two guys that I think have some serious talent and and have a chance to make this Packers team. You talk about like pedigree coming out and, and you have a lot of tape on him, have a lot of tape on him against, you know, top prospects, everything like that. Physical guy, talk about length, tough kid. Um, I, I, 
I see him as more of a backup um, type, but yeah, you know, sure, I, that's fine. Yeah, as an undrafted it, free agent, though, I'll take that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when we're looking at these guys, that's that's what you want to take a stab on. But yeah, size. Um, you talk about a kid who has like the right attitude and stuff like that, and you talk about a kid who's like been in those big games against like top top of the line competition. Yeah, I mean, um, I right. he, he is a kid that you would want to take a stab on. Absolutely. I really appreciate this. This was great. Can you let uh, them know where they can find more of the work that you do? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Thorku T H O R K U. Um, and you can check out our work at uh, Roto World. Uh, I'm on the NFL draft section. Peter was talking about the uh, undrafted free agent class rankings I have out right now. And uh, later this week, I'm going to have uh, draft hall rankings coming out, which um, is something cool I do every year where I combine the like the the draft grades I do with. So so I do like the the draft, you know the the, the you know the classes with the UDFA. Um, you know, the, the, the players they brought sure. in the UDFA and just combine them all into one aggregate grade. Um, and so anyway, I'll be, I'll be doing that this coming week as well. So check that out as well. Sounds good, Thor. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Peter. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right i want to thank thor for joining the show always great to talk to a fellow midwest accent in the sports media and uh, I'm sure after a couple uh, brandy old-fashioned sweets, it comes out even more. We're going to be back tomorrow with all of your what-ifs. I got a ton of them. We sent out the question to the Locked on Packers Twitter account, if you're not following it, at Locked on Packers, to ask what is the biggest what-if of your lifetime. And there was a clear cluster of answers. Everyone 
has has pretty similar ideas of this. And so I, I want to do some of those, but I don't want to do all of them because if everyone has the same ones, it's it's really not interesting. Like we know how some of these things would play out. Do we need to talk about what would happen if 2014 goes differently? Everyone knows what would happen if 2014 goes differently. If the NFC Championship game, if Morgan Burnett tries to return the interception and gets a pick six, or Mike McCarthy goes for a fourth down, or Jordy Nelson catches the onside kick instead of Brandon Bostic, the assumption in Packers Nation is the Packers would have another Super Bowl. I don't need to talk about that. We all know that's the deal, and I don't need to bring up the old wounds for Packers fans. Me just mentioning it now is going to make some of you upset. And and so I, I I don't find that necessarily useful. There are some other, I, I think, low-key, high-impact plays and situations, touch points, if you will, in the Packers franchise over the last you know decade, decade and a half, 20 years. And I think it's important that we talk about some of the ones that maybe don't get discussed as much. Everyone knows, oh, what if the Packers had traded for Randy Moss? Oh, you know, what if they take Barry Sanders instead of Tony Mandrich? Those are the big ones. Those are the, the headlines when it comes to Packers what ifs. Let's talk about some other ones. Send me send me some that are not those. And, and thanks to everyone who sent those. I, I do appreciate it. I asked you the biggest. And of course, those are the biggest. But what are the ones that maybe interest you the most? That you maybe don't know how things could have been different if something in Packers history goes differently. So let's talk about all of that on the show tomorrow. Hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski or anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline about this or anything. You can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.